Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Thursday. It's December 7th. We tried this. And Rumble gave us kind of a little air message, so it did not stream. We've rebooted the stream. We're coming back at you live. We are on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you're watching anywhere else, what are you doing? What are you doing anywhere else? Get over here onto Rumble. Join the live chat, which has already been going. I've been made fun of for my age so far this morning. Uh, I like to interact with you guys. Do you guys know that? Um, I am in my 40s, which means I did witness 1983 and 1984, although I was quite small. Uh, Let's see. What else? Uh, We were talking Johnny Dangerously. If you guys don't know about that. Go and look up Johnny Dangerously. Go watch a great Michael Keaton movie. Today is uh, December 7th, which means it's Pearl Harbor Day. That's the way I always remember it. It's also the day that I give as my fake birthday whenever I have to fill out either a survey or if I have to go on social media and they ask me information about me. I always use December 7th because I was born in December and I can remember the 7th was Pearl Harbor Day. Unlike many millennials who are out there and don't know what days are which, and they don't know anything about American history. I try to keep that in the front of my awareness. It is a uh, one of those those black dots. Uh, December 7th, right? 9-11. And then, obviously, the worst day that's ever happened in American history, January 6th. So we can all remember that. That's kind of bizarre. Oh, man. What a day. So uh, I, I always laugh. I was just saying this a second ago, but I'm saying it again. I always laugh when these uh, these podcast guys come on and they're like, we got a stacked show for you today. We got all this stuff. Well, we have a really stacked show for you today. We have a whole bunch of stuff that we want to cover through. Um, I've got at least 15 different things I want to hit, and they are all diverse, and they are all kind of related to the idea that we're going to meet the new boss, but the new boss is the same as the old boss. So I introduced uh, Ryan, at least to the lyrics of this song. I'm sure he's heard it before from The Who. Uh, you guys all know this song. It's a fantastic and... Uh, sort of iconic song with sort of haunting background with the synthesizer. And over and over again, uh, you just get the idea that you're like, when are they going to say the, the, the tagline? The tagline is at the end, folks. That's what the lyrics actually say. And the idea is, is that everything has already been done. It's all the same under the sun. And we never, we never see anything new. And that is why I've been vindicated yet again. I think we're going to play it out, but I'm pretty confident that I've been vindicated. No one for speaker. No one for speaker was the original thing that I said when Matt Gates made the move to vacate the chair. I think I was correct. We're going to find out more. We are just getting hammered by the same old boss. Doesn't matter who it is. So uh, before we get too far afield, I want to say thanks to the uh, the premier sponsor of the Kyle Serafin Show, my friends over at Catholic Vote. Let's check into what they are about. There they are, America's top Catholic advocacy group. You guys know that the word Catholic, the word Catholic actually means universal. Uh, these are lay people. These are not ordained priests. They are not representing the Catholic Church. They're representing Catholic people like me who uh, give you the single best news aggregator service available, The Loop. Go and get it. Steve Friend and I were talking the other day. We'll have him on tomorrow. And when we were talking, he's like, they're way better than the AP. They're way better than the wire services, and they've got a much smaller staff. I can assure you of that. They're out there grabbing all of the useful information that you're going to want to know. There's one right there that Ryan's pulling up. Uh, Texas news outlets are suing the administration over censorship. We're actually going to talk about that today. The Federalists and the Daily Wire have joined forces with the state of Texas to sue the Biden administration. You guys know that there is a, a big lawsuit. I just brought it up with my wife, who was not particularly familiar with it. But this uh, this lawsuit is called Missouri v. Biden. It's one of the biggest free speech cases that has ever been brought before the Supreme Court. And it says whether or not, hey, can the federal government put their thumb on the scale and say what is and what is not protected speech? The answer is no. Pretty emphatically, we should believe that. But uh, unfortunately, that's not the times we're living in right now. So we're going to talk towards the end of the show today about censorship, what it means, where it's happening, and where you know, where they are testing this sort of mechanism out. I think you guys are going to be surprised to hear why they're related. Uh, <laughs> you guys in the chat are great about the Johnny Dangerously. Yes, there's this cl- this classic guy. I think his name is uh, I think his name is Danny Vermin, if my memory serves. And I think he goes like all the time. Anything happens, he gets hit hit in the nuts, and he's like, "You never hit me in the nuts. My mother hit me in the nuts once, once, you know." And then he does the same thing. Don't hang me on a hook. Somebody uh, Johnny Dangerously. Michael Keaton puts him on the back of a, a wall, hangs him on like a coat hook. My mother put me on a hook. My dad put me on a hook once. Once he's making threats all day long. Anyway, Johnny Dangerously, go see it. Okay, let's get rocking right now. Speaking of some of the threats that were thrown out there, a lot of wild stuff happening on the debate stage. I'll tell you why none of it really matters, I think. But uh, let's start off with uh, with sending it. 
Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, who many of you guys are listening to and going like, yeah, I kind of like what he says. I'm not sure if I trust him. Here's the deal. He's got a lot of money. He's young. He's ambitious. He's very smart. And I don't get a lot of time one-on-one with a lot of politicians where I get to sit in a room and just talk to them and size them up for the human beings that they are. Vivek is as smart as anybody that is in this race. He is smarter than most of them, which he continues to prove. What's interesting to me is you're going to hear boos on the debate stage that have nothing to do with the way that you feel about the actual thing he said. You're hearing it and you're going like, oh, what is that? They stock these things with people that are going to do the, the stuff that they want them to do. All right. This is this is theater. That's what debates are, uh, especially these GOP debates right now. They're theatrical. We'll tell you why in a sec. But let's go ahead and start. Let's start with this video number one. Calling it out as it is, something that was uh, relevant, I think, for this week's sort of list of shows on the Kyle Serafin show, transgenderism. It's a problem for people who have it, no doubt about it, and we should be compassionate about it. But we don't let people do dumb things to themselves in this country. There are a little bit of guardrails, I think, that are reasonable, and they certainly happen under the age of 18. Let's hear Vivek's argument about it. It's pretty good stuff. Transgenderism is a mental health disorder. We don't let you smoke a cigarette by the age of 18. We don't let you have an addictive drink of alcohol by the age of 21. And I just challenge Ron DeSantis to go one step further and support what I think is clearly within the authority to do using federal funds, just like Reagan did in 84 for the Highway Act that said the minimum drinking age needs to be 21. We can do the same thing when it comes to banning genital mutilation or chemical castration. Okay. I know Ron's been okay. unclear about that on the federal Haley. level. I'm crystal clear. That's where I stand. Got it. That's a mental health disorder. That's, that's where it. I need to be at. Go ahead. Yeah, generally speaking, I don't want to see the federal government getting involved in your business or my business or anyone's business. The federal government is a terrible tool, but there are some guardrails we should put up. And if we are going to do it, there's a a concept in Western civilization that you can measure a civilization by the way that it protects two things, women and children. That's the job of men. It turns out that is the job of men. Your job is to make sure that we keep women and children safe, period. It's not the government's job, but we can actually add to the men's ability to do so. And one of those is by limiting weak men and weak women who are involved in the medical profession from getting and doing things that should be illegal, that should be considered crimes. There's a very, very small aspect for that. Protecting children can be the role of the federal government in this case. It's like, no, 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 you just can't do that. That's not medical care. If you want to alter your body. You know, am I real crazy about cigarette rules or saying that pornography shouldn't be in front of 18 year olds, that the government is going to enforce it? It should be a societal pressure. But it turns out in this case, we will push those things as far as we want. You don't really have any like real legitimate free speech or constitutional liberties until you're about 18. That's when you can start voting. That's the age of majority in this country. That's when you start mattering in a political sense. And up until that point, you can't do anything. And after that point, I think you should be able to do everything that comes out, even though you're an idiot. Like I was an idiot at 19. Many of you were, too. Um, some of you, very, very small minority of you were, were, were sharp at 18 or 19 years old. My best friend, Nathan was really sharp. Um, it's, it's incredibly rare. <laughs> like I know one guy that I would trust with any decisions at the age of, of 19 years old. And I served in the military with a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds and they were all retarded. We were all retarded. That's just what happens. I was retarded when I was 27. So let's just call it what it is. But at 18, They've just had some some rollbacks regarding the Second Amendment. Like now you can actually go out and buy a handgun. There's an injunction against these laws that are saying that you cannot do so, that it's unfair to make people serve in the military and not be able. I think the drinking laws are going to end up being the same thing, too. Either we accept that you're an adult at 18 and you make terrible decisions, but they are your own. And you can be tried as an adult. You can you can murder somebody and go to jail for life. And you can also make good decisions like you can have a baby and you can get married and all these other things. Either that happens at 18 or it doesn't. The government shouldn't have any role in it, but I don't want you chopping off your genitals and limiting those decisions before you have at least the capability, like the far-reaching capability of potentially making the right decision. So good on him, Vivek, saying things that are true. This is the other thing. He threw a grenade on this one, and I don't think anybody wanted to touch it, so they just kind of ran away from it. Here's another good clip, video number two. I think you guys are going to agree. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether anybody in the media agrees with it, because so many people in this country are realizing over and over again, whether the theft was actually stolen at a Dominion machine or a voting machine or whether it was stolen because of big tech influences, there were some ugly and unbelievably nefarious and one-of-a-kind influences happening in the 2020 election. They didn't happen before this. They didn't have, the, I would say, the, the audacity to attempt it except because of the COVID crisis. So let's throw it up there. Let's go up to video number two, kind of see these things and and just watch everyone kind of go like, whoa, this is a home run, I think. 
with all three of my other colleagues on this debate stage is all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years for money and endorsements. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your Nikki book Haley. a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie right as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Why am I the only person on the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job, that the government lied to us for 20 years about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11, that the great replacement theory is not some grand right wing conspiracy theory? but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform, that the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech, that the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security establishment <laughs> okay. that actually Thank put you. up the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person That'll on the stage who can Thank say you. these things. That's what it's going to take, not people who were licking his boots one time and now Monday okay. morning quarterbacking and criticizing him when it's convenient. I think that's pretty fair criticism. Here's the really important thing. You don't have to love Vivek. You don't. Not even a little bit. You don't have to trust him. All I'm saying is this is the same experience that all the suspendables have. If you want to attack the messenger because you can't attack the message, that is a you problem. That means you are failing to be able to address the point. The things he said stand, whether you like him or not. I think they are of interest and they should be discussed and they should be mainstream topics for the GOP. If you want to earn the vote of people who are looking at everything and saying, how in the world are we not dealing with an unfair system? How is it that you were licking his boots one day and now you're trying to criticize him because you want to get a political power? How are you an honest operator? That's the real question. Chris Christie, he, I, I think that was like a, that should be a death slam for him. It turns out it actually is. Uh, because nobody cares what Chris Christie has to say. He is the only person that thinks he's a serious contender, and maybe not even him, if he's being honest. I don't think Chris Christie is dumb. I think he's fat, but I don't think he's dumb. And uh, I, I don't think that anybody out there goes like, yeah, you know who's a real shot at this? Chris Christie. I don't think that's what he's in it for. I don't know what he's in it for, to be fair. Maybe he's just trying to keep himself relevant so he can stay in the donor pools and so that he can stay in the lobbyist circles, which was a pretty... Pretty useful thing. But consider the message. Ignore the messenger. If it stands on its own, then it should be addressed. That's my point to you right now. And, and that's the same situation that goes on here. So our first story comes out of uh, Fox News covering the debate. All right. And uh, they basically there was a discussion whether or not what Vivek did holding up a sign saying Nick he equals corrupt. That was uh, apparently creating a firestorm on social media. Very interestingly enough for me. Um, it was not well taken by the pundits. The pundits didn't like it. And that tells me one thing and probably the only thing that I really care about, which is that I, I love it. Okay. Um, he mentioned a couple things to direct quote. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. Ouch stings. You know, she did work for the military industrial complex. That's kind of nasty. Haley said, I'm not going to respond. That's probably smart, but there's the great picture. Nikki equals corrupt on his little notepad right there. Pretty strong. And so depending on where you fall, if you're kind of a conservative pundit commentator type who's interested in populism, which is to say, what is the main conservative base have to say? Then you like this. But if you're an establishment type, then you're going to say that it's terrible. Charlie Kirk thought it was pretty good, said it was one of the most noteworthy moments. Larry O'Connor, who works at WMAL, I've uh, listened to his show many, many times when I used to live in D.C., said the same thing. I'm going to wake up and see thousands and thousands of memes, so post your favorite ones here, that kind of deal. Um, and then uh, you've got some other people saying, is, is Vivek the only one who understands how new media works? This is a guy named uh, um, Andrew Gruel. He just said, is Vivek the only one who shows up to these baits ready to create a viral moment or meme? And to me, that means, is he the only one who understands the nature of the way that uh, social media plays out. And I think he is. Okay. But the Fox News people covered it and said he got booed. It was his worst debate performance in a long time. Nikki Haley decided not to, to engage him, said it's not worth my time. Okay. Um, Maria Shriver, also Fox, right, says, uh, says she can't believe he held up a homemade sign. How childish. Wow, it's gross. And there were boos. But the boos 
The question is this, does that go anywhere? Does anyone like it? We're going to play a little video because I don't really care what pundits have to say. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't actually matter what the pundits think because nobody is listening to them any anymore. They're going to alternative media sources. They're going to Rumble. They're going to YouTube. They're going to, uh, to Twitter. And they're catching information not from Fox News, not from establishments that are interested in the status quo. They're interested in someone who's going to push the envelope a little bit. And it turns out that Vivek is that guy. Like I said, you don't have to like the guy. You don't have to vote for him. I don't think anyone will. In a big way, I think that he is one of the better candidates because he is moving the ball forward. And he represents a lot of the things that you would expect a Donald Trump would say on a debate stage without being on the debate stage. So that's relevant. That actually turns out to be something of relevance, at least to me. Um, let's see what the voters had to say. What video is this right here? Uh, we got video number I've five. You already know, Ryan. Let's see this. This is coming from MSNBC, so far leftists with a an unpronounceable name. This guy's name is Nambo Ugawaka Nikanako. I have no idea how they decided. Back in the day, you know what? So I, I grew up around media people and uh, and people who had unpronounceable last names or non-memorable last names because they were very ethnic. Uh, it didn't matter if they were ethnic, by the way, because they were Czech or Polish or Russian or anything else. Like any of the any of the sort of like Caucasian-y last names that were from difficult to pronounce areas, they just changed them. Uh, one of the great ones was a, a friend of ours whose name is Robert Usulak, uh, family friend forever since I was a kid. His last name was Usulak, and nobody would know how to spell it or pronounce it or look for it or anything else. And he went by Bob McCormick because that was really palatable. And I knew him as Bob McCormick my whole <laughs> life when I was a kid. I never knew who Robert Usulak was until I was an adult. And then I was like, oh, why do you have two names? That seems weird. It's because nobody can pronounce Nambo Nikadakabakwaga. So anyway, this guy uh, is going to go talk for MSNBC. Let's roll this uh, clip and see what he has to say and what the voters said. NBC News 2024 campaign embed. Namdi Egwanwu is with Republican voters at a watch party in Atlanta, Georgia. Namdi, it's name. so good to see you. Uh, you do fantastic work, and I know you've been there with the voters in Georgia. What are they telling you? What did they think of tonight's debate? Well, Kristen, getting reaction from voters here in Atlanta was quite easy. They actually organized a straw poll on their own during the debate, and we're keeping track of their opinions. And by the end of the night, you had Vivek Ramaswamy out of this watch party of about 30 people getting five votes. You had Ron DeSantis getting two, both Nikki Haley and Chris Christie having a sole one vote. Um, and get this, former President Donald Trump, despite not being on the stage, got 18. So that's really reflective of the vibe of the night here in Atlanta. But you don't have to take my word for it. A couple of attendees agreed to stay after and give us their opinions. And Will, I want to start with you. There was a moment tonight that got a lot of people riled up. What was the moment that caught your eye that left a mark on you? Uh, what left the mark for me was uh, Nikki Haley being called out uh, for being the warmonger that she is. At the same time, uh, Ram Swamy holding up a notepad saying Nikki is a corrupt. And that's going to be something that stands out uh, really strongly in my mind and in the voters' mind. Uh, but they talk too much about Trump, a man that wasn't on the stage. But the stage tonight. There it is. Okay, so uh, the pundit said one thing. The message came back pretty clear to these people that uh, two things happened. Number one, Trump won the debate. I would argue that you won the debate if you didn't watch it because you didn't have to waste your time because the number one candidate wasn't there. And uh, moreover, the messaging that was supposed to hit home hit home. The end. You look at the message and what is it about? Now, my my take on all this is that um, it doesn't really matter, it turns out. Let's go to the uh, CNN, the takeaways. There's some takeaways that CNN wants you to know about it. So what does CNN want you to hear about? Let's do the takeaways right here. Uh, it's Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy versus Nikki Haley. Is that the sign that Nikki Haley is rising in the race? When CNN tells you that Nikki Haley is rising in the race, that she is now the front and center, she's the candidate to take down, that's only because the only candidate that matters is not there. Okay. That's that's what that means. That there's a, that's their first takeaway. Um, pretty ridiculous. Chris Christie got his groove back. Okay, yet another establishment kind of swamp creature, literally and figuratively a swampy creature, saying that he skewered um, Marco Rubio with one-liners back in 2016. They think that he's not far behind now, doing the same thing this time. Again, consider the source. Consider the source. It's CNN. Chris Christie, direct quote: "Either you're afraid or you're not listening. It's a simple." It's a simple question to answer. I'm a simple guy. I hear the question and I answer it. And the question is, <laughs> he said, uh, 
they're trying to figure out whether they're going to send troops places. These guys are warmongers, which is pretty wild. Uh, people not buying that. Uh, he shall not be named. This is yet another thing talking about uh, about President Trump taking stabs at it. It's like it's only because he doesn't want to play your game. He's not interested. He's too busy trying to stay out of jail. He's too busy, you know, focusing on his actual campaign, which is dominating and the only one that really matters, as far as I can tell. Look, I don't. I'm not like the biggest fluffer or lover or hoping to pump up Donald Trump guy in the world. I think Ryan would attest to that. Like I see all of the faults for the man and there are plenty, there are plenty of them, but we should acknowledge the facts on the ground. And the facts on the ground is who cares? Who cares at this point? It doesn't matter. This is, this is not a normal thing where we're going to be discussing policy and having sort of like highbrow debates. We're not doing that right now. That is not what's happening. Here's what's on the line. Either we put our former political opponents in jail forever over BS, complete BS, or we look at a, someone like a Donald Trump who has many flaws and we should hold him accountable for all of them and still nobody else matters. And why is that? Nobody else matters because of this. This is 538's polling if you want to bring up the uh, the 538 graph. This is what matters, folks. These are the numbers that actually matter. And there's a there's a concept of statistical improbability. When somebody is leading, and these are an average of all the polls, I've got these things up in front of me so I can tell you the numbers here. Donald Trump on December 6th, that's this week, that's what, yesterday. Donald Trump leading at 59.6% polling for the GOP's primary. That's an aggregate. There are polls that have him up 75 to 25 to anybody else in head-to-head -head matchups. There are polls that have him up over 60%. There are polls that have him up almost 80% against Nikki Haley. These are head-to-head -head polls that are going all over the place. None of the information matters when the highest polling person, which is Ron DeSantis, is at 12.7% aggregated. Okay? How many times do you have to, like, he's 5x above that? He's legitimately five times. He's polling five to one ahead of the next closest person. That's it. And then look at the trend line here, because this trend goes back to April, which is not that far, but it's this year. So it's a relevant trend line. It is slowly trending from a 45% to whatever else was out there in the race. And every day, everyone else is basically lost or held steady. And Trump continues to slowly and marginally gain. Every single thing that our administrative state has done, every single sort of weapon and spear and jab that they have thrown against him has not landed. He's facing 90 plus indictments in state and federal court. And we all go, mm, we don't respect the judiciary. So you using a tool that we've already decided is corrupt is not effective. It's not effective on this kind of thing. Like we just look at it and go, obviously you're full of crap. Obviously. That is not useful. Isn't this to where us. Rana's supposed to shut this down? Isn't like the head of the GOP supposed to be the person that comes in and says, "You guys are, you guys don't stand a chance. Let's rally behind the one person and make the GOP win." I, I don't think that's necessary either. It's already, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do. That's what, that's what the the polling is telling us. It doesn't matter what the GOP does, what the big ticket people, what the big donors are trying to push. The people have basically spoken anytime that they're being asked. And it's getting wider and wider. I saw some reporting that uh, Gateway Pundit had on the ground. I saw some from, uh, what was it, Kara Casanova was walking around in the Bronx. And a bunch of people in the Bronx were like, yeah, man, it's Trump 2024. And you're looking at it and you're going like, whoa, like, really? That's who's going for it? These people are probably lifelong Democrat voters. Some of them have said as much. Doesn't matter. Like I said, it's five to one at the best. Nikki Haley polling there at an aggregated 10.6. Vivek, just under 5%, 4.9. You want to talk about irrelevant? Here's Chris Christie, 2.7. And then apparently there's someone called Hutchison still in there. <laughs> like is Ada Hutchison actually at a half percent, didn't even make it on the stage. Uh, none of these things matter. That's what it's showing. This graph shows you that there's everybody else and then there's Trump. So for, for better or for worse, potentially even for worse, it's worth saying it. It might be for worse. But this is Trump's this is Trump's second shot. So that's intense. It's very intense. And that's what it means that these debates are just they're just a chance for someone to say something interesting. And nobody is taking that moment. Nobody's taking that except Vivek. Like I said, doesn't mean he's going anywhere with it. It's interesting. I like hearing it. I like having somebody at least hurt some feelings because those uh, moderators who were like, that's quite enough, sir. Like, that's. That's about as far as that's going to go. Let's go ahead and say thanks to one of our sponsors. Let's do uh, let's do four patriots. 
Speaking of uh, chaos coming, if uh, Trump doesn't end up in the uh, in the nominee spot for the GOP, I think pending chaos is probably the most likely scenario. You're going to want to make sure that you guys have some things figured out. Christmas is coming, so why not use this as a great time to stock it up? If you're going to be spending money on gifts, how about gifts that might save your life? Not a bad idea. Go to 4patriots.com slash Kyle. The number four, patriots.com slash Kyle. Check out the solar generators. That's a good idea. You know what sucks? Being in the dark. Being in the dark and hungry are the two things that are not fun. If you were sitting in a dark cave with no food, you would be a miserable human being. So check out this. There's the, the solar generators. You literally set up a uh, solar thing. It doesn't work in every part of the world, obviously. You'll know your own thing. But set up a solar generator so you can keep your food refrigerated and then get yourself some survival food. Pretty easy. Those are two things to do. Uh, survival food, better than MREs, keeps for up to 25 years. Good options for you guys to have. Like I said, stuff them in a stocking stuffer. It's kind of like socks. You need them, but maybe you're not the most excited. I promise you, if you're starving and you go into your emergency food supply and it changes the way that you feel about things when you have a little bit of calories, that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be the best Christmas present that ever happened. Check out the emergency food bars. Like I said, I'm a big fan of like lemon bars. These things are like lemon shortbread. So uh, they just have a bunch of calories in them. They're fortified with a bunch of stuff and uh, they last for a very long time. You can throw them in your truck. I just saw that the first person died in Maryland from cold related issues, you know, stuck in a car or stuck in their house. And that happens every year. There are people that just get stuck. They don't have any food. You can actually survive when it's cold if you have calories for your body to stay warm. Big thing that they do in the military, especially in the Arctic survival stuff. You got to ingest calories because your body's going to try to heat you up. Fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. That's the way we do that. Fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. Or if you just go to their website, there's a million advertisements all over the internet right now. If you click through, just use our promo code K-Y-L-E. Thanks so much for them. We appreciate their sponsorship. Let's keep pressing onward because uh, this continues to be the case. Our number uh, our number seven thing we're talking about, I, I told you this. I told you that no one for speaker was the move. Why? Because if there's no one for speaker, they can't introduce any bills in the House and they can't sign off with them, which means that nobody can sign them into law. Right now, what we're hearing about is the NDAA. That's the big spending package that comes out every single year. The big spending package is the National Defense Authorization Act. They do it annually. They spend all of our money. It is our single biggest expenditure. And then they always tie a bunch of crap to it. If you want to push things that would otherwise be unpopular, make it about the troops. That's what they do. And so what have they tried to link into this uh, stuff about abortion? Ugh. Like, what in the world does that have to do with a military force? I know that we've played on the show. We've showed John Kirby, the spokesperson over there, like letting us know that he thinks that it's our duty, our sacred obligation, which makes me want to vomit in my mouth. The sacred obligation to provide abortions for military serve, uh, for, for military members and their families. Gross, dude. Absolutely gross. Uh, MTG, who I am not a huge fan of all the time, but when she says things that are correct, I actually really dislike this format. I guess that's what it is. I don't want to see some lackey male staffer, which is what I assume because he's taller. The video is shot from above, you know, filming a tiny little woman from Georgia walking around through it, doing like this social media influencer routine. It makes me want to puke. However, the messaging is important. So let's roll video number four. Let's see what she has to say. We'll read out her tweet of what's going on. We don't have any visibility of this stuff. Like it's not being released. So it's what the, you know, the reps are saying is what we have to take them on. Let's at least consider what is on the docket when we talk about that. Run the video if you would. The NDAA is complete. I had been assigned to be a conferee on the conference here. We're going to follow me. We're getting on there. And we didn't get to participate at all. As a matter of fact, the whole NDAA deal was made between Speaker Johnson, Chuck Schumer, and the Hass Committee. Um, and, and people like me, we didn't get to participate. And we were appointed to participate to make sure no money for abortion, no money for trans, uh, for members like me standing up for Americans who are sick and tired of funding the Ukraine war. We, we had taken the 300 million out of the defense bill. Well, let me tell you what the final product is and the deal that was made. So uh, there, the policy is in place that funding is there for abortion travel. The policy is still in place for trans and the military and everything that goes with it. Democrat trans policy, Democrat abortion policy, um, 300 million for Ukraine is back in the NDA, even though I had worked hard to take it out, it's back in. Um, and furthermore, uh, here's the worst news. Uh, it gets a clean FISA extension through April. No change to the FISA court whatsoever. Nothing changed. And that deal was made um, also. So just wanted to give you a heads up. I'll be flat out no to this NDAA. And I think it's outrageous that this happened with our Republican-controlled Congress. 
There it is. She's a flat out no. I'm okay with that. Okay, so let's let's break down what you just said. There's funding for vacation time for abortions to travel to states where you can do that. That's what she's claiming. That's awful. That's a distraction, it turns out. There's funding for transgender surgeries. That's already exists. So whether you're cutting it out or not, also turns out that's a distraction. It's important that we talk about it. It's important that we let people know that we stand as a group of conservatives. I'm a lowercase c conservative. I'm not part of any establishment whatsoever, and I don't answer for anybody else. I only answer for Kyle Serafin, and many of you only answer for yourselves and your families. And you may not be into that. But those are distractions. Do you know what's really scary? She just threw it at the end like it was a throwaway. It was, in fact, the headline. A clean FISA renewal through April. What does that mean? We saw this being debated by Mike Lee the other day with Chris Ray, when the FBI director, who I think is a nefarious actor, I'm going to say that in a very nice way, when an FBI director who is a nefarious actor tells you that we need an absolute authority to do back-end searches on Americans' free speech, on their ability to communicate and freely assemble as guaranteed by the First Amendment, we sort of forget that assembly, if assembly can happen in person, it can also happen online, right? The, the assembly under the First Amendment should mean that we should be able to assemble any way that we want, in any forum that we want, using any technology that we want. If we want to have a mass Zoom call and we're all going to jump on, and many of you guys jumped on and watched uh, Police State that I was hosting in Vegas a couple weeks back, right? We should be able to do that without the fear of the government trying to get involved. That's a basic thought. And the government should not be surveilling that thing. Now, when they want a clean FISA renewal, that means that they are not going to edit any of the authorities. They are not going to add any of the things that Mike Lee was talking about, which are absolutely critical. The things that Ted Cruz was talking about. We didn't hear Josh Halley, but I'm sure they're on the same page. The Republicans that were in the Senate the other day that were grilling Chris Ray, the entire point is, unlike the Lindsey Graham sycophant statement that says we should give the FBI more money, God forbid, I know I'm going to give them a lot more money. I'd be a hell yes. Like, that's what he's about. Lindsey Graham, disgusting. Mike Lee, on the right track. You do not give unadulterated authority, and when they misuse their powers, you take them away. Think about your children. Think about anybody, uh, employees, anybody that you're responsible for. If they get an authority set and then they abuse it, they lose that authority set. That's the way that works. You get to wield this until you're irresponsible. You get a key to the house, and you can come let yourself in until you come in and throw a house party when I'm not around. Then you can no longer have that key, and if you come in, you get shot. Right? Like, that's how it works. Not for your kids, obviously, but if you have friends or family. If somebody comes in and abuses the privilege. I actually had a neighbor. This is one of the last things that happened to me in the FBI, weirdly enough. One of my neighbors asked me to check in on their house because their Alexa showed that there was a party going on inside the house. First of all, I don't recommend having Alexa, but it turned out really good for them. They were out of the country. He was a national security, um, he was a national security employee for the federal government. I don't want to say too much more than that because he would get worried about it. But it's very simple. I walked up and knocked on the door and found out that there were like 15 people in the house. How many people were authorized to be there? Two. That person didn't get to dog sit again. She was like an 18 or a 20-year-old girl who brought her entire family in, and they were swimming in the pool and treating it like it was a resort, and they had all set up shop, and they'd taken over all the bedrooms. It was bizarre, folks. Like, that's really weird stuff. That's when you abuse your privilege. That's what the FBI has done to the FISA. That's what they've done. They've taken a tool that is meant for foreign intelligence surveillance that is designed to find foreign spies that are trying to compromise our national security. And they are now using it to look for terrorists. That's post 9-11. We sort of allowed that. Okay. Now they're using it for domestic terrorists. I'm sure if they can articulate any connection whatsoever to foreign ideology, that's a real big problem. And they're using it to go after transnational organized crime groups, non-state actors that are operating outside of our borders to do criminal activity. That's not what FISA is for. If you use the tool improperly, you lose the tool altogether. That's the right answer. And unfortunately, what they're talking about with this NDAA situation is they're going to renew the FISA with no restrictions. More unadulterated, you know, investigations into people. And those things are particularly scary to me because I've seen the tools. They can type your name into a search engine and get all of your emails that come from a Google or from all your Facebook posts. Maybe your DMs now. I don't know. Like, it's not acceptable. I used to work on this program. DWS was the interface that we had. It went directly to the NSA's database and we could pull down raw FISA with no, no filters. That's a big power for a government agency and government employees who make between $65,000 and $150,000 a year. These are not people that are in, like, they're, they're just regular people. They're regular guys like me that could go in there and search your name and find out everything about you. It scares the hell out of me. 
And the idea that they were willing to just make that compromise per MTG, the, the deal was struck, struck between the Speaker, which is Johnson, and Chuck Schumer, who's the leader over in the Senate. Democrat and Republican getting together, shaking hands and signing away your rights. Does that feel good? It feels very wrong to me. We're also going to bring up this thing. Um, he's not ready for this. Like he never was. And we didn't need anyone in that seat. We should have just hit the pause button and let the, and let the funding run out. But instead, we got Daily Beast over here reporting. Now, this is on left and right wing sources, but I picked up a left wing one just for funsies. Uh, it says Mike Johnson's office walked back the reason for blurring the insurrectionist face. OK, so there you go. That's inflammatory as hell. After saying the faces were going to be blurred in the security footage to shield alleged January 6 rioters from prosecution, a spokesperson confirmed that DOJ already has access to the unedited clips. What do we tell you? I told you this the other day. Of course they do. DOJ has access to whatever they need access to. So that was a nonsensical thing. That was stupid. That was him attempting to play to a base. And it was absurd. It was never going to be true. The DOJ has, act like, the House didn't control that. Do you not remember who used to be in control of the House? It was Nancy Pelosi. She handed everything over to the DOJ. That's why we have thousands of arrests of J6ers, whether they did anything wrong or not. So just hours after Mike Johnson said uh, he was going to declare that the, the rioters in the J6 insurrection would have their faces blurred in the security camera footage to avoid prosecution by the DOJ, the spokesperson walked it back. What they said is we have to blur some faces who participated in the events of that day because we don't want them being retaliated against or charged by the DOJ. Conspiracy theory alert, but what if it was because he was trying to protect certain federal agencies? That's a problem because it seems like he's willing to play ball and give them full access to the FISA. So what the hell's going on with this? Why would you even talk about blurring faces? That's not going to happen. And these things don't need to be redacted. It's the American people's footage. There's almost no security. Think about it. MTG was just walking through the halls of Congress. I saw some random Muslim lady wearing a, like a headdress, like rolling in the back there in the basement. They can film all over the place. Members of Congress can and do film all over the place. The only places you can't do it are in a skiff. And there's not going to be any cameras in a skiff. That's what a skiff is. Anybody who's ever worked in one knows. You don't do that. You can't have cameras in the skiff because they could be compromised, and then people can see what's on there. He added he didn't want the House to release thousands of hours of security footage slated to be released in batch over the coming months because it would cause insurrectionists more concerns and problems than they'd already faced. I really hate that they use the word insurrectionist, but we're going to use what it is they say. You should at least hear what people that are what Trump calls the enemy of the people are saying. Spokesperson for, uh, for Johnson said that the statement said in a statement that his boss was mistaken about the reasoning for the blurred faces. Really? The speaker was mistaken, and so his staff has to correct him? What is he, Joe Biden? That's kind of like a Joe Biden move, isn't it? Like Joe Biden says something stupid and then the staff comes in and tells him what he really meant. The faces are to be blurred from public viewing room footage to prevent all forms of retaliation against private citizens from any non-governmental actors. That's their new take. Okay. Really? I mean, the sedition hunters already out there sharing the stuff, whatever they get. Just put the damn footage out. Let people see what it was and what it wasn't. There's always going to be. There's always going to be a gray area on this day. Some people engaged in violence. Some people were not feds that engaged in violence. Those people who pit, picked a fight with a cop, hit him with a bar in the face, there's jail time to be had if it was appropriate or there should be probation. There's real simple stuff that should be done. It should be handled the way everything else is handled in that area. But unfortunately, like we showed you yesterday, Matthew Graves, the attorney for the District of D.C., the U.S. attorney there, the one who's running that office, has a radical wife, and is involved in radical leftist policies, so we are not going to see fairness. You cannot give, you cannot sign off on a DOJ having this uh, FISA without any sort of caveats to it. It's totally unacceptable. We can't be doing that sort of stuff, folks. That's how we lose everything. It is how you lose everything. So there he is walking it back. And interestingly enough, isn't it funny that when you don't have power, you're no longer willing to play? I thought being a congressman was the goal. No, apparently the goal was being able to uh, to move things around and to, to, to launch bills that you want that are favorable to whatever it is that you're trying to do to make money. So what do we got? We've got the New York Times talking about McCarthy. Now, he wrote an, an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. I chose not to read that. Um, I chose not to read that to you, rather. But he basically said, you know, he's going to continue the fight. And he's going to be moving on and all these things are happening. So let's just read what the New York Times has to say. Much more interesting to me what the leftist media is going to say about it. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Republican, California, who made history as the first speaker to be ousted from the post, announced. That's actually not true, is it? I think there was one other. Uh, announced Wednesday that he would leave the House at the end of the year, but he planned to remain engaged in Republican politics. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so excited. Thank God, folks, we still got Kevin McCarthy. He's still going to be uh, a voice, even though he's out of Congress. 
He entered Congress 16 years ago and rose to a member of the self-proclaimed Young Guns, Republicans driving to build their party's majority in the House, positioned second in line to the presidency. It caps a, a spectacular downfall uh, just nine months after he got the speakership when the right-wing forces that he and other establishment Republicans harnessed to power, uh, to, to power their political victories ultimately rose up and ran him out. Isn't that interesting? The people that just want actual conservatism are considered the right-wing forces. And what is actual conservatism? We're going to do a whole show on it. I think the Republican Party has lost a mission. They don't know what they're talking about anymore. They're not They're not providing a clear path to anyone. So why would you sign up? I'm going to tell you why I think that there is actually, there is a religious model to look at. Because people need hope and they need vision. And I don't feel that. Like, are we seeing any of that with a Nikki Haley or even a Ron DeSantis, a policy wonk type guy. I think Ron DeSantis seems like a pretty good governor. And he seems like he's probably a pretty nice guy. I probably would like being around him. I think I would despise being around Chris Christie, but that's just me. He looks like he might smell bad. Um, and Vivek is very interesting, although he's clearly a little cocky, just like anybody that has a lot of money and was very successful and is under 40. He is all those things. So, so where are we seeing? Where are we seeing vision? And other than the idea that Trump came onto the scene and said, make America first, or make America great again, but also America first is the policies that we should be going after. In other words, look at our country and figure it out. Everybody else comes second to your own house. If you can't keep your house in order, how in the world are you going to help support the world? That just seems like the only vision that makes sense. But there's got to be a little bit more to it. I'm going to tell you what I think that is later. We'll do another show on that. Uh, McCarthy said, I'm going to continue to recruit our country's best and brightest to run for elected office. Let me go ahead and suggest to you this. How about a Steve friend? I'd like to see somebody who's proven to have some guts that's willing to lose a paycheck overdoing the right thing. That'd be nice. I'll take a Steve Friend in office. Anybody wants to start pushing that along. Doesn't matter whether it's local or, or, or state or federal. Um, Steve Friend would be a great one. Garrett O'Boyle would be an outstanding representative somewhere. Whether they would put him in there. How about a good man with good principles that's already shown good decision-making? In the, in the Bible, we just had a story from Matthew. If you're in the Catholic Church, you already know this was a couple weeks back. But the gospel essentially said that the servant who is trustworthy in small matters is also trustworthy in great matters. Are we looking at that when we evaluate our politicians? How in the hell did we get a George Santos? Nothing against the guy for his friendliness. He seems to be those things. But the guy has done a bunch of weird stuff, and he got, he got picked to be a representative. There were better options. I'm certain of it. The servant that is trustworthy in small matters is also trustworthy in great matters. Can't we just do that? Can't we just evaluate your record and say, you have done well with small things, and now we will entrust you with much bigger things? I just would appreciate that. That's what I want. I just want serious people in office doing serious things. Instead, we don't have that. Not even close. What we have... What we have is people like Senator Warnock talking about guns which we're going to go to in just one second. Let's go ahead and cut over to something that is the opposite of a Warnock. Let's talk about uh, Patriot Coolers. First of all, if you're watching us on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin, you are watching live in the chat right now. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. We really appreciate those things. And then let's talk about our buddies over at Patriot Coolers who have been supporting us like many of you right from the beginning. Check out their website, patriotcoolers.com. The promo code is Kyle. We keep it simple for you. It's K-Y-L-E. Outstanding stocking stuffers if you want to get a big gift. If somebody's looking for one big gift of the year, how about something that's going to last for years? How about something like one of these hard-sided rotomolded coolers? I threw ice in there with the top open on my uh, on my kid's little play table the other day. We did a birthday party for my five-year-old. She's now five. She's a big girl. And we just threw a bunch of ice in there, and I left it open for like a day and a half, and there was still ice in it. Even with it open, open top, and it's not exactly uh, cold here in Texas yet. Go figure. And despite the hoodie, don't let the hoodie fool you, folks. It's still pretty warm out there in Texas. 80-degree days. Check out a, a durable product that's going to last for a long time. It says Patriot right on the front. They've got uh, 13 stars and bars right there. I'm sorry, 13 bars, and the uh, 50 stars are on all the bottoms of the mugs, which I can't show you, but it is on the bottom of this one here. I can see them. They are engraved right in there, laser etched in. Uh, outstanding. This is, my, this is my everyday. Here's the reason why I like this, by the way. I like a 16-ounce uh, mug on the desk that is insulated because I always get my coffee cup, and I always get started with the coffee, and then it always starts off at the perfect temperature, really, really hot, and then over a period of time, it gets very cold. I load one of these things up at like 6.30 in the morning. My wife and I go to uh, to the 8.30 mass. And at 9.30, when I get back to the van, it's still hot. That's pretty epic. I do like that. That's the 19 ounce that I travel with. All right, patriotcoolers.com, promo code Kyle. Enough about them, but they are a great company. So check them out and support our sponsors that are supporting us. What are we going to talk about now? How about uh, Warnock? Not serious people. Awful. Let's just do about uh, 90 seconds of this, uh, Ryan, if you would. Let's play... 
Uh, it's hard to watch this guy, but all right, let's get the preacher to say his preaching. This is the so-called Reverend Raphael Warnock. Punch it out. They're trying to take our freedoms away. We've heard that a lot from folks on the other side. They're, they're trying to take our freedoms away. It's, it's a strange freedom that regularly sends our children into lockdown. What kind of freedom is that? After Senator Raphael Warnock said that on the Senate floor today, at least three people were murdered by today's mass murderer at the Las Vegas campus of the University of Nevada. Another victim of the shooting is hospitalized tonight in stable condition. The mass murder ended when university police officers engaged in a shootout and killed the suspect who law enforcement sources tell NBC News was a male in his 60s. Joining our discussion now is Democratic Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock of Georgia. Uh, Senator, it was exactly one year ago tonight that you won your election to the Senate, and here you are exactly one year later uh, trying to bring some sanity to the issue of guns on the Senate floor. Uh, you're correct, and here we are again Lawrence, uh, discussing this. And unfortunately, this has become the tragic routine in the United States of America. In the year 2023, we are at day number 340. This is the 340th day of the year. We've seen some 630 mass shootings. Think about that. That's almost twice as many mass shootings as days in the year. All right, so we're going to play with numbers. Is that what we're going to do? We're going to play about numbers? Okay, so uh, first of all, did you notice? I want to just do my sort of impression of an NBC host. Today's mass shooter is brought to you by Pfizer and SSRIs. Have you considered an SSRI and then killing everyone that you love and know? That's what we recommend. Um, how, how did he even do that? Like, he's just like, today's mass shooter happened in Las Vegas. Let's do the numbers, okay? So Raphael just brought up 630 mass shootings. That's amazing. Um, how many of them happened in Chicago, folks? I just pulled this up. If you're not familiar with the website, it's called HeyJackass.com. HeyJackass.com was updated last uh, yesterday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Time. So far this week in December, in the six days, there have been four homicides. My odds, the odds are that it'll go up sometime later today. All right. But hey, jackass shows. Oh, did it already go up? There it is. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it before it got refreshed. Yep, they refreshed it. They refreshed it this morning at 9 a.m. when we went live. Five homicides so far in six days. You want to know something really funny? How about that total homicides? Look over on the right-hand side there, Ryan. Do you see that total homicides? 600 in Chicago, not in America. In Chicago alone, a city that has roughly 2 million people, there have been 600 homicides. If you scroll down through this page, you'll see all kinds of wild stuff. 1,100 armed carjackings have happened in that state. And their murder clearance rate is less than 50%, which means half of these murders, if not more, go unsolved. You want to know the real interesting thing, Raphael Warnock? How about let's talk about facts. 80% of the victims of these crimes are black, mostly men. At a five to five point four to to one ratio, eighty percent more men are killed, and almost eighty one percent of the victims are black. The other fifteen percent, by the way, are Hispanic, which means ninety five percent of the people that are being killed, the victims, are black and Hispanics, which the uh, the Democrat Party claims to love. It's time to wake up if you vote in one of these crazy areas. It's not goofy white mass shooters. We can pull up that one. Let's go to uh, let's pull up the uh, AP article about this thing in Las Vegas. Look, the story was the guy's in his 60s. He's some white guy that had applied for a job. He'd been associated with a number, a number of different universities. He was some sort of a professor and uh, applied to the business school and went in and got pissed off. Did the thing that people do sometimes in a very horrible way. We used to see it in the 90s. They called it going postal. OK, and he went in and he shot a number of people. Uh, that's not good. Like, that's horrible. It's obviously terrible. There's no there's no justification for deciding that your life is meaningless and then you're going to go and shoot it out with people that that made your life a little bit worse. It's not like somebody was aggressing on him and he was defending himself. The AP covers a bunch of people doing the run hide fight routine. This is not a test. They broadcast it over the um, over their Twitter post and all these other kind of things. It's obviously horrifically scary. Do you know what's less scary? When I was a student at, uh, uh, I don't know, I th there's probably a statute of limitations run out on this. <laughs> I have no idea. But when I was a student at Texas State <laughs> University in San Marcos, Texas, right out of the military, I looked around and I thought, man, there's an awful lot 
of threats that exist in the world. I'm not going to be a guy who gets stuck in a college classroom with 300 children that can't do something about it. If this is my time, it's my time. And I'd rather go to jail for trespassing with a gun than uh, die quietly behind a desk in a university classroom. So I used to carry a nine millimeter with me every day in my backpack in a little hidden compartment every day. It was safe every day. You know how I know it was safe? Because I got out of there and I never used it. It never needed to be used. But I looked around and saw a bunch of young children and I thought to myself, who but me? needs to put himself in front of these little kids. And they are little kids. When you see like a 17 and an 18 year old in college and you're 32 years old, you're like, these are kids. They don't make good decisions. They may be able to cut off their body parts and they may be able to start voting in a year or two, but man, damn it, I'm not gonna let them die in a classroom where I'm at. And so I made that choice. Wouldn't that be something? Anyway, you hear this, the AP has got this entire article about how there's a bunch of people that were really scared because the AP, despite the fact that it's supposed to be just a journalistic organization reporting the facts, what they really do is they let you know how scary, scary, bad, 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 and, uh, and we need to ban guns. Mm, really? There was another mass shooting, it turns out. CNN covered this one in Austin, Texas, just down the street from me, wildly enough. It started off in San Antonio where a guy went and killed both of his parents. Seems like he was a veteran with mental illness, um, had some real problems. And what did he do? He goes out and he starts shooting things. I think we've got that uh, under topic number eight, Ryan, if you want to pull up that one. So two mass Working shootings in a short period of time. Like, not a good thing. Okay? But the story is... Unique to that person. One guy seems like he had a problem with the job. Another guy seemed like he had some mental illness, that he was fighting some demons. He'd been involved in some misdemeanor assaults. There were some, like, failures. He'd been let out of jail in San Antonio where they just took the gun permit away from our friend Hernando Arce. Ain't that something? But instead, they let this guy, like, hang out in his parents' house where he had misdemeanor arrest warrants for assault, and he was let go, and then he came out and killed both of his parents and ended up killing two other people and wounded a cop. That's pretty awful. None of those things have anything to do with your freedoms. What you just heard Raphael Warnock say was that, is this freedom, you know, really having your kids go into lockdown? Absolutely not. It has nothing to do with it. They are unrelated. Someone choosing to do evil with their rights has nothing, you know, with their right to own something has nothing to do with my right to own it as well. You don't get to do it. Here's how I know. You swore an allegiance to the Constitution. It says shall not infringe. I think all gun control laws, I think all gun restrictions completely, completely are antithetical to the Constitution. I am a Second Amendment extremist, and I feel the same way about the First Amendment. Say anything you want. I don't even necessarily have a problem with someone encouraging and egging on real violence. Why? Because you're responsible for that. And if you incite violence, then we should re respond accordingly as private citizens who just happen to be armed because I believe in the Second Amendment too. Really, really ugly stuff. This is kind of why all this stuff matters. I'm going to play you guys a little pitch from our friend Michael Schellenberger. He made a very, very nice statement about me and the rest of the suspendables on the Sean Ryan podcast. If you guys catch the end of the Sean Ryan podcast, he asked for three recommendations and one of them was to put me and the suspendables on with Sean Ryan. We'd love to do that, by the way, Sean. So we would love to come and talk with you. I think we would blow your mind about the things that much of your audience does not know, but suspects. And uh, anytime we get a chance to get a wider audience, we will take that on and we'll take a new audience anytime that we can. But uh, this is something that is being worked on by Schellenberger and Taibbi and so on. They're working on these censorship things. There's a reason why censorship matters and why it's related to gun control. We're going to play a little video from their documentary. This is pinned to his Twitter profile. Follow at Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger's thing, and also follow Matt Taibbi on Twitter if you guys are not. Uh, let's go ahead and play that video number six real quick and take a look at it. I'll tell you why it's important moments of real terror at what's going on and the potential for tyranny. To see it happening is, is shocking. If the Supreme Court says that the government can coerce, pressure, work with tech companies to censor speech, I don't think that the First Amendment has any meaning anymore. Especially when you have the crisis situation that you need the First Amendment. The so-called counter-disinformation units have basically become counter-dissent units. The powers of, of the state in Silicon Valley are merging. Today, American taxpayers are unwittingly financing the growth and power of a censorship... There it is. Look, guys, really, really important stuff. And by the way, uh, Michael Schellenberg, what a stud, right? Like, do you see him running? That's a real runner. I don't know if you guys watch a lot of people on television that run or swim and they suck and it's fake and you know that they don't run. That dude runs. And I've met him a number of times in person and uh, he's very slim, but he's wiry and he looks like he could probably put on some serious distance. He is a uh, he is a legit capable athlete when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I appreciate people that keep their body in shape to keep their mind in shape so they can fight tyranny. As somebody mentioned in the chat, it's really interesting to watch him wake up. Yes, I think he is a true liberal and I'm down with that because liberals and I don't have a lot of daylight between us. What we believe in is freedom. 
And what they're talking about with the First Amendment, the minute you start infringing on the First Amendment and accept it, then what you are doing is you are forcing people to a decision for all their chips, all the chips, not their verbal chips, not what like they're allowed to do on social media. We're talking about real freedom will be infringed upon when you can no longer speak because that is a compulsory and a that is a censored action. Speech is still action. It is still a kinetic thing. And we, we don't think of it as being a way to hurt you, but it moves the needle. It was speech that allowed the Jews to be slaughtered in mass in Nazi Germany because people bought into the words and then they moved them into actions. So I don't care what you say, but you should be able to say anything and we should be able to combat speech with speech. The moment of crisis is not the time for censorship. It's the time for more words. And here's the last little thing. I'm going to play you a little clip. This is about two minutes. It's an appeal that Schellenberger makes. There's a reason why we're getting to this. He talks about a Black Mirror episode. Watch this. And then I'm going to give you the last little piece. And before we throw that up there, let me just do a shameless plug for my friend, Steve Friend. I brought him up. He'd be a great uh, you know, candidate for national office as well. But he's going to be doing his podcast twice a week now. They're moving the AMRAD podcast. So if we could throw that thing up, there it is right there. The AMRAD podcast. Folks, if you're not following, rumble.com slash AMRADPOD, A-M-R-A-D-P-O-D, going live at noon Eastern time. Please check that out. Amrad Pod. Uh, follow Steve Fred. He's going to be going live at noon Eastern. And uh, that is one of our channels under the Suspendables banner. It is one of the Suspendables podcasts. So check them out for sure. Let's play this quick clip, uh, number seven. And I'm going to tell you why it matters real quick. It sounds like a Black Mirror episode. The police can enter your home unannounced, search your phone and computers, and arrest you for the things that you're reading, watching, or posting online. If you refuse, you could be sentenced to 12 months in prison. But it's not a Black Mirror episode. It's worse than that. It's real life. At this very moment, the government of Ireland is trying to pass a law before Christmas that will let the police go into people's homes and confiscate their phones and computers. Now, you might think Ireland doesn't matter, that it could disappear tomorrow without much impact. But Ireland does matter. It's the test case for the next phase of the global crackdown by military and intelligence forces and their agents that's been happening over the last seven years. What they used to call a conspiracy theory has now been confirmed as true. Our research has exposed a far-reaching plan by military and intelligence agencies in the United States, Britain, and other nations to subvert the democratic process and engage in activities that have a basis in military techniques and which are tantamount to attempts at thought control. This isn't about censoring the far right. This is about censoring independent journalism. And if you're in Ireland, this is about censoring you. One understandable response to all this is to ignore it and hope it goes away or wish that it won't affect you. And maybe it won't, but our ancestors fought and died for the right to speak our truths, particularly about controversial cultural and political issues. And already we're fighting back and making progress. The Irish government was forced to back off this law once already, and we can make them back off again. Free thinkers in the United States and around the world must stand up now for Ireland. We have to fight the totalitarians over there so that we don't have to fight them over here. We need to send a message to the politicians and the police that the world stands with the people of Ireland and their first and fundamental right. Please share this message and consider donating to a special free speech fund at censorshipindustrialcomplex.org. If we don't act now, our children and grandchildren will look back at this moment and ask why we didn't do more while we still had a chance. So please get involved now and stop this Black Mirror episode from becoming real life. Okay, that's that's the appeal. So why Ireland? He just mentioned it's about uh, it's about censoring free speech in Ireland. You may think it doesn't matter. There's a couple things going on. He said it's about censoring journalists. I agree. It's also a Catholic nation. And you'll notice the FBI targeted Catholics as well. Why did they do that? Why did they go after traditional Catholics? Ireland has a significant resurgence of traditional Catholic sort of looks into the church. Why is that? It's because people that are fundamentally connected to their faith do not want to accept government as God. That's why. They put the right thing first, and the right thing is a creator that is outside of mankind. If you are going to push back on this, you need to censor speech. They are moving forward with uh, trying to keep these people from saying, hey, this is our homeland and we came here and our and our, our, our forefathers died on this land and they fertilized the soil and they and they created the green grass that it grows here. Why are you coming and telling us what we can and can't say? It matters. The second reason is this. Ryan, uh, will you bring up the uh, Google map of the Google data centers, please? Google has one of its only, it, it's the only UK based, but it's also one of the uh, the few in Europe that handles data centers uh, all the data that goes through the the areas that are in the, the United Kingdom go through Ireland. 
Do you guys know that? This is about data. It's always been about data, censorship of data. If they can pass it in Ireland, they can censor multiple countries at once. Pull that thing. Can we zoom in on there if you get a chance? But I know that's probably a screenshot graphic if you want to go to it live. Um, Ireland has the only data center there for Google. They also have a massive pr presence for Apple and their processing and server farms for Apple as well. This was something that came to us when we were dealing with whether or not certain server farms were going to be placed in China. Where There we go. We're showing. Just zoom in on there if you would on the UK. There's a number of the United States, but because of the way server farms work and because of the way they send information from web services, they want to be able to uh, to, to move them around. You'll find that also they put them in places that are cheap, like they put them in Oklahoma and they put them in parts of Texas, like Midlothian. They put them in Omaha. Interestingly enough, they've got one in Loudoun, which is actually very expensive. It's kind of kind of fun for us. But go over there if you'll look at Europe and you'll look, you'll see that Ireland has one of the few. It has one of the few data centers for all uh, of the UK. And also it's going to be a big distribution hub for Western Europe. There's a couple others in the Nordic countries. You see there one in the Netherlands. There's some that are in, uh, in Belgium. And I think there's one in like Norway. For all that, this is what it's about. It's about controlling laws in data center areas. Amazon Web Service has one as well. It's a big deal, and that's why it's a big deal. These are test cases because not only do they have implications for just that small country, they also have broader implications on the backbone of the actual server farms that run the internet, where free speech can be censored. If you guys don't understand that, now you do. This is a much bigger game than is being played. You just have to look a little bit below the surface. That's why we're talking about this stuff. There are massive, massive capabilities in Ireland because it was inexpensive and it was a little bit different. And uh, so, sure enough, all of those areas are now tied together. And we're all linked. Free speech is linked. Either it's free everywhere when it comes to the globe, or if they start cracking down in certain areas, it could be cracked down in our ears too, particularly because some of the data that's going to travel from different places that you want to know about are going to come through those server farms. All right? Um, it's the danger of letting things happen like that in China by the way, because the Chinese have access, the Chinese government has access to all servers that are that are located in mainland China. I noticed they don't show any server farms in China. It's my understanding that there are, in fact, plenty, plenty of Google data farms there, too. So just be aware of it. That is the Black Mirror. That is a that is a dystopian look at the future. And we are living through it right now. We have the moment to be able to react to it. So I want you guys to be aware of it when you're looking at it right now. Oh, that's a really heavy way to go. Let's go with something lighthearted. Let's go ahead. I know Garrett O'Boyle's on the road. He's going to be doing a speech in um, in Fargo, North Dakota. So uh, good for him. Let's go ahead and stack him up with some orders. Let's go to thesuspendables.com. Folks, you can check out the website for the merch store, the Suspendables merch store. Yesterday, I was wearing the Suspendable or Die. Today, I'm wearing the light duty hoodie. I actually have another one underneath here, which is the, uh, the last line strength in green. You guys can't see it, but you can see there's a gray shirt underneath. That's what I've got going on. Outstanding products. Push this guy to the limit. Keep Garrett O'Boyle busy and keep his uh, kids' fingers working to the the bone. There's a new one on there. Will you click on the power shirt just above it? Uh, Ryan, if you go all the way, there you go. Yeah, right there. A new one that he's put out there. This one I think he's pretty proud of, the power shirt, which has got uh, Timothy 1-7 on it. Second Timothy 1-7, uh, love, power, self-discipline. These are the things that we actually have as far as values, I think, as conservatives. And there is power in self-discipline, and there's power in loving your enemy. We just have to be able to hold the enemy so we do the things that are good for them, which is maybe not let them harm themselves. Uh, that's pretty much it for our show today. We'll say another thing, you guys, if you want to use the uh, MyPillow promo code, you can use Kyle, K-Y-L-E, at MyPillow.com slash Kyle, or just go to Mike Lindell's website, MyPillow, check them out. Lots of different deals going on, also good things. They're kind of like, uh, these are the socks of the bedroom, if you will. You'll get your uh, your Giza Dream Sheets for 29 bucks. If you want to use our promo code, you'll get towels, a stack of towels there for 25 You get the mattress topper and all the other kind of things that are being shown up there. The promo code is K-Y-L-E. You get the same discount that anybody else was. Even the bigger, even the bigger deals, they don't get any better deals than what we're offering you right here. So just go to that website. You can go ahead and do it. Doesn't matter whether it's Fox News or Poso or anybody else. KYLE gets the same deal, and you're supporting the Kyle Serapin Show. We catch a percentage of all their sales. So we appreciate you guys checking those things out. Again, mypillow.com/slash Kyle or just promo code Kyle. That is it for us today. We got a whole bunch of Rumble rants we're going to read off here. Ryan told me to make sure I save some time for it, and uh, I will do that right now. So let's see what we got, Ryan. What do you got there? You got something to throw on the screen for us? Looked like there was a whole bunch of people that had some things to say to us. Coming right up, sir. Okay. There it is, y'all. Okay. So let me just call you guys out. Robotech throwing it in a couple times. Uh, can't let us go without a little highlight. <laughs> I drink lava at <laughs> crap volcanic eruptions. <laughs> yes, I said that in the chat. If you're missing the live chat, sometimes when the videos pop up, I say things that are funny. So be it. Justice is blonde saying the Seraphim can band together and use our individual strength and abilities to get GOB and Steve Friend elected. I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, 
That's all true. Excalibur said the hyper trains riding get aboard. I guess you guys are all just like uh, throwing in dollars in there. I appreciate this, folks. Jumping on the Seraphan train. By the way, again, I will say it again. The Seraphan idea is the weirdest thing that I've ever heard in my life. I, I appreciate that you guys have created this thing. This sort of choo-choo thing. Eric Jason jumping on. Um, Balaron, same thing. FJB. Okay, fair enough. Ryan Matta got in on the action because uh, he, he wanted to join in. Rose Lopez, truth is the only solution. So be it. It is. And uh, Robert Wicks, I appreciate that. Bob, I think we read your uh, your review the other day, and it just says, hell no to the Pfizer renewal. That's correct. Really, really dangerous stuff. Lemon Zinger, I heard you catching me earlier calling me out, but I appreciate it. Truth Train, uh, <laughs> my mother put me on a hook once, coming from Bulldog Bug. Yes, all Johnny Dangerously quotes would be like, holy crap, do we just keep going with this? Peace, Sturgis. Rest in peace to yeah, your mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, we said that. Excalibur, local elections matter. we got to get these scumbags out of the local elections and cut off their commie politician supply. All true. Eric Jason with his normal smash the like and do not comply. Folks, if you're watching on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin, please give us a thumbs up. We do appreciate it. And Gary Loves Liberty. Oh, one more. Come on, throw it back up one more time. Gary Loves Liberty had something to say. I wanted to read it. There it is. Uh, says, thanks for the very, the very best inside dope and sources. Are we giving dope out here? Tack Penis thrown out there, the Suspendables group. You guys can join that. So there we go. Uh, folks, we really appreciate all of you. And we also want to say, if you want to leave us a five-star review, we're at 825 and climbing. Let's keep pushing it through the end of the year. We got a little late ways to go. This one coming from Rolling Acres 60 saying, Bed's podcast, five stars. I started listening to Kyle a few months ago after hearing him on Dan Bongino. Now I never miss the Kyle Serafin show. It's always entertaining and informative. This is not a recap of the news. But a look into various topics of interest, Kyle's perspective is great to hear because it isn't always the same as other people. I appreciate his views. Well, I appreciate you, Rolling Acres 60. I try not to do a news story. What I want to do is commentary, which is to say we're going to give you the reason why the news matters, not just what the news that happened. And, uh, and I'm going to try not to slant it. I try to be fair as possible. So I appreciate that review. Folks, leave your own five-star review. The uh, the link is in the show notes and the descriptions. And also follow our fearless producer over there, Ryan Matta at Ryan Matta Media on Twitter. He looks cold right now because he's sitting in the garage because he's still trying to build his house. And uh, you can also follow him on True yes. Social at Ryan Matta, at Ryan Matta. That's two T's in Matta, M-A-T-T-A. Check him out at LFA TV today at 2 p.m. Eastern. And check out Steve at noon. We're giving you guys a whole day worth of homework to go follow all of our friends. We really appreciate you. We will see you again tomorrow. God bless you all, honestly. And uh, get involved. It's time. This is the crunch time, folks. Get involved. We will see you again tomorrow for Friendly Friday. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.